This session is part of a webinar series which aims to assist researchers, librarians and institutions in the adoption of digital tools and persistent identifiers for a significant increase of research discoverability globally and to increase efficiency in scholarly workflows. Hi everyone. Um, I hope you can all hear me. All right. So we'll just start in a couple of seconds. All right. So I want to welcome everyone to our webinar series on open science for the discoverability of African research. My name is Ebukai Zikli, project manager at Africa Archive. Africa Archive is a community-led digital archive for African research communication. By enhancing the visibility of African research, we enable discoverability and collaboration opportunities for African scientists on the continent as well as globally. Today, we welcome our speaker, Johansson Obanda, who is also joined by some Russian ambassadors representing the African region. So Johansson Obanda joined Russia in 2023 to work with Russian ambassadors to effectively engage their communities and support Russia's outreach initiatives. Obanda is passionate about building an inclusive research ecosystem where researchers across the globe can easily access knowledge and make meaningful connections. His previous experience includes social entrepreneurship and science communication. Some of the Crossref ambassadors we have joined us today are Baraka Ngusa from Tanzania, Ahmed Mustafa from Egypt, Mercury Shikindo from Kenya, Omi Ndiaye from Senegal, Audrey Kenny from Cameroon, and Abu Mary Blessing from Nigeria. So thank you all for coming. And now over to our first speaker, Johansson Obando. Hello, hi. I hope you can hear me well. Yes, we can hear you. Great, thank you very much. Um, great, so I'll just share my screen. Thank you very much, uh, Mbuka, for the introduction. Thank you, uh, Joe Hoffman, for hosting this uh, webinar. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great, I hope that you can see my screen. Yes, we can see your screen. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, it's an honor to uh, make a presentation about enabling African research item discoverability to the research nexus today and to be joined by everyone. So hello, uh, good morning, good afternoon from uh, wherever you're joining us from. Yeah, so once again, my name is Johansson Obanda. I'm Community Engagement Manager at Crossref, and I work with the um, with the ambassadors, um, and also um, help with the publishers, learning and exchange community, which is a Discord uh, community. Um, I'll start my presentation uh, by introducing our ambassadors. Uh, I'm aware that some of them are not going to be uh, making it today because of some last minute commitments, uh, but I hope that we're joined by even one of our ambassadors uh, in Africa. Uh, so I'm going to share right now about the Crossref Ambassadors Program. Uh, so uh, we consulted with our community and uh, we identified that our members wanted a local expert on hand to provide support as and when needed 
and also um, increased uh, member training events, both online and in person, in their in the local region, time zone, and language. Uh, they also wanted representatives from Crossref um, at events in their region and a conduit for other members and stakeholders in the region. They also wanted their last show to the Crossref team. And so we started our ambassadors program in early 2018. Now ambassadors are trusted contacts um, who share an enthusiasm and belief in our work within their local communities to help them to get to grips with Crossref. They are global eyes and ears and a special part of our team. And the objectives of, our, the, of the ambassador program is to gain a deeper understanding of certain audiences or countries and for education to both existing members and new audiences and uh, improving communication with and between non-English speaking communities and empower our members to help and advise each other. Uh, in Africa, we currently have eight ambassadors, and, and these are part of our 51 uh, volunteers around the world, working in a variety of roles, including publishers, editors, librarians, system engineers, and researchers. Um, and it is important to note as well that the idea for an ambassador program came from recognizing that there were already people around the world who are working within their local communities to translate our documentation, conduct training, and even give talks about Crossref. And we realized that we should officially recognize the work that they were already doing on our behalf and be able to provide them with a level of support which would make their lives easier, while at the same time improving global representation of Crossref and improving our own knowledge about the diverse communities that we're working. We encourage women uh, to apply and join our ambassador program from countries not represented here, uh, for example, and if you're in an African uh, country, and, and also where we have the need for local uh, representation and community support. And uh, more details can be found on crossref.org slash community slash ambassadors. Um, and now let me pass on to any ambassador joining to further introduce themselves. So, uh, I, I think it's so Mercury only. And if there's anyone else that's joining, so you can uh, maybe, yeah. Thank you, Mercury. Thank you, Olanda, for the elaborate introduction. Um, I'm also grateful to meet everybody who's on call today. Uh, my name is Makiri Shichindo. I'm based in Kenya. I'm a bioethicist and also a researcher. I'm also uh, an editor at uh, Africa Journal of Bioethics. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to an interactive session and learning uh, and sharing with, with each other. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, would you just, um, maybe Mercury still, would you uh, just say, say me maybe a little bit about um, why being a Crossref ambassador is important for you or for your country? Uh, thank you. Well, being a Crossref ambassador is, important for me because I have been uh, doing all I can from the small space I have been to promote open science and make it make our research discoverable and apart from that being able to bring about uh, inclusivity and diversity being an ambassador for CrossFit gives me an opportunity or a platform to be able to to foster such uh, collaboration and being able to to promote this from within the continent, from within the region and from within the country. And I have been able to be part of a uh, you know, discussion uh, that brings about such uh, change or the, the, the initiation of uh, you know, collaboration or partnerships that can be able to bring about such change that would uh, foster open access. Thank you. Is that is there another question? Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, nice that you mentioned collaboration and also building connections because most of what we're going to talk about today is also about how uh, connectedness of research is important. Connected also research and, 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 and people and entities around research is important. I'm not sure if we're joined by any other ambassador uh, today. 
Anyone else? Yeah, I know. I know some of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, email the last minute that they will be they will they will not join today. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go on. Thank you very much, uh, Mercury, and maybe I'll, I'll call on you for uh some of the insights and um uh, as we go along. Great. So next, I'll move on to introduce uh Crossref. Um. This is our mission statement. We make research objects easy to find, cite, link, assess, and be used. And we are a non-profit uh, non membership organization that exists to make scholarly communications better. Now, um, let us move on to a quick overview of who and what CrossF is and does. Um, CrossF was founded in 2000, in the year 2000, by a few scientific societies and publishers, mostly based in the US and Western Europe, who were seeking an efficient way to link references in journal articles. And one solution for doing this was to use DOIs or digital object identifier, which are persistent identifiers that uh, specifies the content of an online object. And this means it remains associated with that object, respective of changes to the object's web address. Crossref uh, started as a collaborative central reference linking service, which uses DOI for this purpose, and it aims to be an accessible service which is governed by the global scholarly communications community. Today, 23 years since its inception, Crossref does much more than reference linking. Crossref's membership uh, comprises of over 19,000 members from uh, 152 countries, and about 35% of these uh, members are publishers. Uh, with another 40% self-identifying as research institutions and universities. And the other 25% is made up of a combination of funders, museums, repositories, government organizations, conference providers, standard bodies, individual scholars, and news outlets. Our members have so far registered over 150 million metadata records across all content types. And all of these items contain a range of metadata which varies based on the content type. Um, we facilitate an average of 1.1 billion DOI resolutions, that is clicks or, or a DOI link every month. And our API see over 1 billion queries of our metadata every month. We also work with that body service providers and, and metadata users who do not contribute to our metadata store, but make use of it for our API uh, and such interfaces for a variety of different purposes. All of our metadata is openly available. And um, and I also want to mention that we work with over with around 150 um, sponsor organizations, which are our partner organizations and support smaller organizations to register their metadata. We also have a fifth one ambassadors who are trusted contacts that I talked about. Um, yeah, and uh, and our team is small uh, but mighty, comprising of forty-seven staff mem uh, members spread across uh, ten countries. Yeah, and why do organizations decide to join Crossroad? Um, a primary reason is to become part of a globally connected network of scholarly research, and this allows them to show people where their research content is located and updated, uh, and that information. Uh, and that information with persistent identifiers where the content moves. By creating a persistent identifier for each object, it enhances the discoverability of their publications through robust metadata, making their content more likely to be found. Crossref membership also benefits, um, such as the ability to determine who is using their content and the opportunity to participate in collaborative services. Moreover, the metadata provided by our members powers a variety of additional services uh, that we have developed at Crossref and thus benefit our members and the wider academic community. So there are numerous compelling reasons to join Crossref um, and become part of its community. I will, uh, I will now uh, move on to uh, the research nexus, uh, part of our presentation. And... Um, as uh, this webinar is about uh, open science um, and uh, about item discoverability, or basically African item discoverability and uh, research nexus um, 
will help us to visualize our uh, connectedness of research objects, um, people, and organizations help to achieve African uh, item discoverability, African research item discoverability. So we just had that one of uh, the benefits of joining Crossref is to improve the discoverability of publications and research. So how does this app happen? It happens um, with the metadata that is sent to us when members register their content. And content registration allows members to register DOI for an item and deposit its associated metadata. And when you join Crossref as a member, you are issued a DOI prefix. Uh, this is combined with a suffix to create a DOI. The DOI is just one piece of metadata that is sent to us. And members maintain and update metadata long term. For example, telling us if that content moves to a new website. And they include more information as it becomes available. And this means that there is a growing chance that content is cited, linked to, included in assessment, and used by other researchers. So let us understand a bit more about what metadata is. Metadata is data that provides information about other data, but not the content of the data. It gives structure and context to existing data. In the context of scholarly metadata, when Crossref members register their content with us, they supply us with a wide range of metadata. And basic metadata include things like titles, authors, publication dates, issue numbers, ISSN, ISBN, basically anything that describes the content you're registering. We also collect additional data about the items being registered, and these include reference lists, funding data, ORCID IDs, license data, clinical travel information, abstracts, and data about relationships between items. Information on errata, retractions, updates, and more can be registered through our CrossMook service. The metadata that is sent will vary based on um, the type of content that is being registered. And we usually ask our members to send us as much metadata as possible and that it be accurate and clean. And the more comprehensive your metadata is, the more likely your content will be discovered and disseminated. However, this is only true if that metadata is accurate. So please, you don't have to worry about including information that you're not sure about. Uh, the records must be updated for free. And in fact, we strongly encourage that you do that whenever you have more information uh, to watch your records. So I spoke so much about metadata, so you must be wondering why registering comprehensive metadata is important. Well, it's because many organizations and researchers use that metadata to find content that you publish. And this is because cross-up metadata is standardized and machine-readable. It is very useful uh, to many organizations that create tools and services using the metadata. And these include author profiling tools, uh, manuscript tracking systems, library discovery services, metrics uh, providers, and more. And we receive over 600 million metadata queries uh, per month across all of our search interfaces. So what does metadata do? A lot of things. Um, uh, a lo uh, four things here that metadata enables. Metadata um, helps to determine the integrity of research, who funded the research, uh, what are the affiliations of the authors, and could there be conflicts of interest? Reproducibility um, is also critical. Researchers need to be able to build upon each other's work. Verifying and reproducing the results from earlier work is helped by metadata, such as links to funding, protocols, research data, and peer review reports help to create a complete picture of work. Reporting and assessment may be carried out by a variety of organizations, including university um, and funders, in order to show the accountability and benefits of public investment. Uh, also provide benchmarking information, demonstrate uh, compliance with funder mandates, and decide what research to fund. Including metadata such as uh, affiliation, ROR identifiers, ORCID IDs, funding and grant information, 
license URL, peer review reports, and, li and, and links to preprints also helped with this. Uh, we also had about discoverability. Uh, and, and this, is, I think, is quite important and, uh, and, and also key to this webinar. The more metadata you include about a piece of content, the easier it is for others to search and discover uh, from researchers to organizations who use cross-submitted data to build their own tools and services for the research community. And a few examples of how our books metadata project has shown that books with basic metadata are more likely to come up in searches in Google Scholar. Uh, journal articles with deposited reference seem to be cited more than those without. Um, our collaboration efforts support the research nexus. Crossoff partners with other organizations. Uh, the following, uh, it's not limited to this, but uh, a few examples are ORCID, DataSite, and PKP to provide coordinated services. Uh, directory of, of open access journals and Crossoff work together, for example, to enable content from journals indexed on DOAJ to be more uh, easily identified through the use of cross-site metadata. ORCID auto-updates uh, also enables publications with cross-site UIs to be automatically added to ORCID uh, author profiles. Uh, the cross-site plugin for OJS enables OJS users to register DOIs with Crossfire. And PKP can act as a membership representative for eligible users of open journal system. Um, who are not able to join Crossoff directly due to financial, administrative, or technical barriers. Having seen the benefits of metadata, I want to use the next three slides to show specific uh, examples of usefulness of metadata that members deposit to us and also open to the to the to the audience maybe to share what their perspectives about uh, research nexus is. The first example is Orchid Auto Update. Um, you must be aware of ORCID IDs, or which is a persistent identifier for individual researchers. It allows everyone, such as authors, publishers, funders, and more, to uniquely identify the work done by an individual and accurately attribute it to them. Crossair um, ORCID auto update feature means that if a researcher gives Crossair permission to update their ORCID when an article is published with their ORCID IDs, um, including their metadata, this will automatically be added to the researchers. ORCID profile. It saves the uh, author's time and increases trust in the data by enabling the automatic exchange of information between research systems and ORCID records. Another interesting feature is uh, uh, being able to add or claim uh, records uh, and, and, and add them to your ORCID um, author profile. And this is, uh, this is an interface with um, uh, myself signed in to the Crossref search uh, interface or, 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 or page uh, where you can search other metadata. You can search by article, uh, by, by author name, uh, journal name, um, article, title, uh, or um, the DOI, for example. So the first thing you need to sign in uh, on the top right there will be in, there's an ORCID ID uh, logo icon that you can sign in with. And once you are there, you you can search uh, a number of records, and then the uh, claim your ORCID um, capability will 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 be will be possible. And so you will see uh, the ORCID ORCID uh, icons on every article uh, on the list. And so I searched by my name. Uh, my name and Africa and some publications um, are in my record. For example, the first one is in my record, and I have I can add others to my record as well. So I can add it to my record, and that is uh, uh, something that's, that can, that is interesting to individual authors or social librarians um, to use. And uh, another example is of reference metadata. So members can register references, which means that they can um, include references in their metadata deposits. All references in uh, Crossref are openly available since 2022. As of now, um, so journal articles with 
with deposited references seem to be cited more than journal articles uh, without deposited references. Uh, this suggests another reason why depositing references is important. A member that doesn't uh, deposit references will not only lack important context of their work, but also miss a lot of citations to their own content, uh, effectively lowering their own cited by counts. Um, so I also talked about uh, uh, around 22% of citations links are between works of the same uh, member, meaning that a lot of incoming citations links are in fact coming from inside uh, the house. So from across of members. Uh, yeah, so what is the research nexus? So uh, what I've been talking about and metadata is central to achieving the research nexus. And uh, maybe uh, maybe I would invite uh, uh, Mercuria once more to share her perspectives as well about the research nexus. if you're in a position to. Sorry, I was just trying to just give me a moment. Uh, sorry, please <laughs> please repeat the question. Yeah, great. Yeah, so um yeah, so we'll be talking about metadata and how it is uh central to achieving research nexus and I just wanted to uh also hear from your perspective about the research nexus uh, generally? Well, from, from my own perspective, how I see the research nexus is a, a platform which enables us to have long-term sustainability. And it's, it's also a way in which uh, most of us can be able to have access to funding and uh, we are not talking about funding in form of uh, just only maybe in form of applications. It can be in, in a way of how you collaborate with each other and uh, some of the connections you make uh, through this. It also plays a, a big role in having pre creating a space for interoperability uh, where between the different systems and platforms and being able to have a way in which we can organize also our data and manage it and have uh, a way of also enabling us to have data quality and inte integrity in the long run. So I don't know if if that helps people be able to have like a better understanding of um, you know, some of the benefits of the research nexus. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and also uh, mentioning co collaboration and funding or or um, funding enable collaboration or collaboration. Data quality, yeah. integrity, yeah. interoperability. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all of these. Uh... It's it's how they all come together to be able to have a long term goal of sustainability in the long run. Because at the end of the day, that's what most of us are always looking for. Like when you do something, you want to ensure that you will always be able to be in a position to to do it. So one of the ways in which you can be able to ensure this, the, the, like having the the this nexus is one of the ways we can look at uh, as achieving that particular objective of sustainability. Amazing. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I would build on what you've said as like um, uh, connectedness, basically, of, of, of all of these uh, different dynamics like, um, as, as a researcher or as a, it depends on which angle you view the research nexus from, as a as a as a as a publisher, or maybe like working within an institution that is um, uh, producing some kind of research output, uh, you you might think about a lot of other things, like for example, like funding that uh, Mark you mentioned, um, 
You may think about uh, working with other systems. So you may think about interoperability. You may think about the quality and, 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 and trustworthiness of your research. You may think about like integrity of that scholarly record. And, uh, um, and, and, and this is where like the research next come and see. And it's like, uh, it connects all of these and, uh, and, uh, um, makes all of this possible especially or, or makes all this possible especially for sustainability uh, purposes and uh, yeah so what is the uh, the research nexus uh, um, so the across research nexus vision it aims to create uh, a rich and interconnected network of relationships connecting research organizations people research objects and actions a scholarly record that the global community can build on forever and for the benefit of society. I want to describe here that um, what we see on the screen, as you can see that there are a series of connect, uh, uh, concentric circles in different colors, which shows the various objects and actors in the research ecosystem, and also how they act on each other and relate to each other. At the center of the nexus are articles, book preprints, but also data, software, and posters. We also include people authors, translators, editors, and organizations, funders, publishers, research institutions. Um, around the outside are actions that happen to these items and ways in which they relate to each other, uh, supported by, and this is supported by open source initiatives. Many more items are now available and linkable. The foundation of the research nexus is metadata, and the richer and more comprehensive the metadata in cross of records, the more value there is for members in our community. Um, this is, uh, this is, um, I would say this is like the main um, content to how we would enable African um, research item discoverability. And maybe if, if there are some questions already to be uh, to be answered at this point, uh, yeah, Ibuka, you can. Uh, share those otherwise I would uh, I would next talk about the gem program uh, uh, and how maybe many countries can benefit to contributing to uh, the research nexus or even to being uh, to 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 uh, discoverability of the research output from their institutions yeah okay um thank you very much um Obanda for taking us so far through the activities of Crossref and how they're helping to promote the discoverability of um, research items from Africa. Um, so I'll just ask this question before you carry on. So now we've heard um, what um, Crossref is doing with um, the research nexus. So I want to ask, are there challenges in the implementation of um, Crossref's initiatives to promote the discoverability of African research items? Are there any challenges using the research nexus that is? Oh, great, yeah. I would say uh, with the, there are, of course, challenges, I would say, uh, including the adoption, maybe. I would say, is it challenges? Or I, would, I would put it as a gap. What are the gaps to like achieving the research nexus vision? Um, I think it depends with uh, it, it, it. It mostly is tied to the adoption of open science, uh, maybe policies by certain countries that would then facilitate or create an um, uh, supportive environment to adopt uh, open infrastructure like cross. Okay, because like we, as I mentioned uh, previously, that uh, uh, the the content. That crossroad members contribute um, creates more value to the rest of the scholarly community because now they can be found, they, they can be accessible and found because we, we we make all of that open, right? And so it, I think it depends with the with the different countries digitizing their their uh, their archives or their their repositories. Um, and also um, adopting open infrastructure services, um, maybe like a, a DSpace or OJS, whichever tools that they use within their repositories to uh, then archive their work. And also um, the other thing, the other gap would be like um, 
financing their internal uh, or their fi financing their pu pu publication uh, processes, for example, uh, being able uh, because open infrastructure also might will come at a cost, for example. But at CrossF, we're trying to um, reduce those gaps, and I think I'm going to talk more about that in uh, in the in the next part of my presentation. All right, thank you very much. Um, that was a beautiful answer. So you can carry on to the next phase of your presentation now. Great, thank you very much. Yeah, so over the years, we have heard uh, from various communities about the challenges that they face when looking to join Crossref. Uh, the reasons may differ by region, but these are generally a combination of financial, uh, language and technical challenges. Um, and I think these also, are in addition to what you asked, Ebuka, about what what will be uh, what will be the challenges that we facing towards achieving research nexus in Africa, uh, or 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 even the challenges that um, institutions, or authors, or uh, basically all stakeholders will be facing in achieving item uh, the research item discoverability. We know that for some costs can be the largest barrier to cross surf. And our GEM program was created to help uh, to lower this barrier for organizations in certain regions. When CrossF began 23 years ago, our first members were mainly from the United States and Western Europe. But today, our membership is much more global and diverse. Our membership has grown uh, to more than 19,000 organizations around the world. However, we're not seeing significant membership growth from all regions. In the last uh, several years, almost half of our members came from Southeastern Asia, uh, Eastern Europe, and Latin America. And some of the highest numbers are from Indonesia, Brazil, Turkey, Colombia, South Korea, for example. However, there is much slower growth in other regions, most notably Northern and Sub-Saharan Africa and parts of Central Asia, with only 5% of new members, uh, new member applications coming from these regions uh, collectively. But we know that there are organizations in those areas contributing to the scholarly record. So let, let's look at some possible barriers for why um, not every organization that wishes to become a member is able to do so. Uh, having in mind that there are over 6,000 uh, EISSNs in Africa uh, collectively. In the past, uh, we had a limited fee assistance program to waive the content registration fees for members working under specific partner arrangements, but these uh, programs were limited in scope. Uh, learning from the experiences of, of these partnerships, we expanded this program to provide greater membership equitability and accessibility to organizations located in the least economically advantaged countries. This uh, new program now encompasses the annual fee as well as the content registration fees. Eligibility for the program is based on a member's country, um, and our list of countries is predominantly based on the International Development Association list, uh, ideally, which uses the World Bank income classification. We've discussed uh, with this with the World Bank, uh, which is also a CrossF member, and they also prioritize the IDA countries in their own strategies for access and other support. The list will undergo an annual review and countries may be added or removed over time as economic situations change. And starting in January 2023, organizations based in countries listed in our GEM program uh, are eligible to join CrossF and contribute with their metadata to the scholarly record. We must note that 59 countries are covered based on, international, based on the International Development Association data and more than 350 GEM members have joined since January 2023. And the goal is to include as much research as possible in the global uh in into the global scholarly record. Uh, and, and, and this is only necessary because our fee model hasn't kept up with how our community has evolved. These are uh this slide shows the different countries in Africa. Uh, the different gem eligible countries in Africa. So if you if you if you uh, if you're participating uh, today and uh, you see a country that you come from, you can see, for example, from from the first uh, uh, from from the from the top of the list, Benin. We have like one member uh, from Benin, 
uh, in cross section then to the to the to the last uh, um, members um, uh, to the last country Zambia where we have like five uh, members who join. Uh, we have uh, some other uh, some countries participating quite much like Ghana has like 18 members it's a gem gem eligible can, uh, country so they join under the gem program and we have some countries which do not have um, any uh, members doing at all for example Sierra Leone on each year um, overview um, so there's still many members without any participation and over time more widely now uh, more organizations can join under uh, the gem program GEM covers the annual membership fee and the content registration fees for all content types. It does not cover similar, similarity check or metadata plus. GEM eligible members are able uh, to add um, these additional services to the accounts. However, there's a fee associated with them. Similarity check is a service we run in partnership with Tanitian. The members pay an annual administrative fee of uh, $55 as well as document uh, checking fees. For members, we waive um, the fees for the first 100 documents checked, and after that, the fees are uh, 75 cents or, uh, per document. All of our metadata is freely available with our search tools and API, but there's a fee for our premium metadata plus service, which offers combined machine access uh, to all available metadata in XML and JSON formats with some additional features. For most people, the um, free search tools are sufficient. And uh, yeah, so to become a, a GEM member, uh, to become a member of Jane CrossF, either as a GEM or a non-GEM member, um, this is how to get started. You you would need to uh, visit crossf.org slash membership and uh, would ask for uh, some of the information, including name of the organization, uh, you, the URL of your organization, uh, your mailing address, and other contacts like a primary contact, voting contest, technical or metadata quality contact. And part of the application contains uh, a confirmation that you have read a summary of your obligations as a member. And once you become a CrossFit member, uh, you receive a welcome email from our membership team uh, that contains your prefix, which you will use to create your UIs and your CrossFit login and instructions to create a password and links to access the different content registration tools. Uh, you'll, you'll get follow-on follow emails to help you register your content, participate in additional services, and generally help you along your services um, uh, along with getting along with the CrossFit services. Um, there are many types of content that can be registered with uh, CrossFit. Um, most people know that your eyes are used for general articles, but CrossFit access accepts all types of content listed here. And we are working to make our input uh, schema more flexible so that almost any type of objects can be registered and distributed often through Crossword. And each content type we support has a unique set of requirements and recommended metadata. Uh, required metadata must be included or, or your submission will be rejected. Recommended metadata should be included to create a complete metadata record. And members do not need to let us know if they are adding a new content type or a new title. Uh, use the same prefix for all content types. Um, yeah, and I will again uh, still go back to Ebuka again uh, if there may be any questions or uh, at this point as well, or if there's any uh, anything that we want to steer the discussion towards. Um, none for now. You can just carry on. Okay, great. When there is, I'll let you know. Or if um, any member of the audience has any question as it is now, he or she can ask before we move on to the next phase. Does anybody have any question? Maybe you can just type that in the chat. Then um, as we go along, we can just read it out to Obanda. Thank you very much. So you can move Thank on you. to Obanda. Great, thank you. Yeah, so um, once you become a CrossFit member, you can use these three uh, ways of registering your content. Uh, there, um, you can choose to register content by you uh, by sending XML files directly, or if they ain't, if you're not able to do that, you uh, there are helper tools available. Uh, these helper tools collect the metadata and turn it into XML behind the scenes. 
Uh, our web deposit form is one example of a helper tool. And for members who host your content on Node.js platform uh, from PKP, there are Crossword plugins to help you add in your metadata and, and then register it with Crossword. So let's take a look at uh, web deposit form and OJS. So our manual entry form, the web deposit form is very basic. You enter your data field by field and it writes and submits XML for processing, sorry. You may use this form for journal and book content, dissertation, conference proceedings and reports. You don't need to know XML to use this form. You just type the information straight in. It is more limited in what it collects compared to what you can send by XML, but much more simple. Uh, please note that you can you cannot deposit references using the web deposit form, but once you complete your deposit, you can use the simple text query tool to register your, your, your reference. Because so many member organizations use OJS, several years ago, CrossF and PKP uh, began a collaboration to create a less technical method for OJS users uh, to register metadata with us and help uh, publishers and journals take advantage of CrossF services. Um, to send us the metadata of your content using uh, uh, using um, OJS, there are two steps. First, you need to enable your UI plugin, uh, and then you choose the content that you want your eyes to be uh, to be assigned to, such as articles. You enter the prefix that was sent to you in your membership email, and then you choose a suffix button. The next step is to enable the cross-specific uh, plugin. Here you will enter the name and email of the depositor and the username and password provided to you by Crossref, which your membership uh, with your membership confirmation. You can find the Crossref plugin uh, from your dashboard by navigating to Tools, uh, Import, or slash Export, then Crossref XML Export uh, plugin. The additional services that also enable uh, content item discoverability. Uh, we'll just uh, review a few of them. Um, and there's, it's important to note that they help to increase your content, uh, your content uh, discoverability and improvement data quality. Uh, reference linking is the first one. Uh, it is possible for readers, it makes it possible for readers to forward your link from the reference list of a published work to the location of the full text document on a member's publishing platform, thereby building a network of infrastructure that enhances scholarly communication on the web. Reference linking means including cross of URIs, which is beta's URL, when you create your location uh, or your citation list. These uh, enables researchers to follow a link from a reference list to uh, other full text documents and help them to um, make connections and discover new things. And because it's a DOI rather than just a link, it will remain persistent. The next one is a cited by. Uh, researchers cite the work of other people to support material they have used when uh, writing their articles. Um, it, the cited by helps to, uh, it helps to be able to see which articles are citing an article that you are reading and how the researchers continue, uh, researchers continue to develop their ideas. This is the main function of Citify. It shows the number of citations and links to the publications that cite the article. Citify allows members to show others and readers that other crossover uh, content has cited their content. Members may request this information from crossover and displayed on their website in whatever format that they like. The similarity check service helps cross-serve members prevent um, scholarly and professional plagiarism by providing immediate feedback regarding a manuscript similarity to other published academic and general web content through a reduced rate access to the authenticated text comparison software from Tunitin. And this service does not have, uh, it has additional fees and uh, they're not covered by the GEM program. The Crossmark uh, button gives readers quick and easy um, access to the current status of an item of content, including any corrections, retractions, or updates to the record. Research doesn't stand still. So even after publications, articles can be updated with supplementary data or corrections. It, and it's important to know if that content being cited has been updated, corrected, or retracted. Um, Crossmark makes this information more visible to readers. Uh, with one click, you can see if content has changed and, uh, and, and access valuable addition 
additional metadata provided by other by the members, such as key publication dates, submission, revision, acceptance, plagiarism, screening status, and information about license, handling editors, and peer review. Crossmark lets readers uh, know when a substantial change affecting the citation or interpretation has occurred, and that the members have updated the metadata record to reflect their new status. And lastly, I'm going to share about the place, and this is where um, uh, this the place it's it's the publishers learning and community exchange, um, and you can find it at the place to discuss the group. And it is an it is a new, relatively new publication forum that is created for organizations that are interested in adopting best practices in scholarly publishing. So if you're a publisher, um, this is not a, great, a great place for you. And new scholarly publishers can access information from multiple agencies in one place, ask questions of the expert uh, of the experts, and join conversations with each other. Uh, it is an information service that is set up as a forum to encourage uh, open exchange with publishers who aspire um, to do things right. So you want to increase the discoverability of, of your of your organization or of your pub of a publishing organization. Uh, and so you can um you can sign in, sign up, sign in, uh look at the different uh, categories, get in, start a discussion or or or, or, or answer to other people's uh, queries as well. You can browse through the topics of interest, ask questions in response to posts already existing on the forum, and also you can start new topics with any of the forum categories. You need to register as a user to do that. So in the place you can find trusted and accurate, you can also find a solution uh, to problems that you might have, uh, gain a better understanding of standards, uh, share experiences and best practices, and ask your own questions. So thank you all for uh, for your for your audience, uh, and I hope that uh, you found the information valuable. And I want to wrap by saying that our gem program, uh, the whole gem program, hope that cross of mem uh, membership is more accessible to organizations that wish to become members. Uh, the value of cross uh, comes from our members and the metadata that is registered. Uh, that's creating a rich and reasonable open network of relationships, connecting organizations, people things and actions to be used by the global community. Uh, building this network for the global uh, community must include input from all of the global community. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, so this slide includes, uh, if you need any further help and information, uh, they, we have like documentation, a link to our GEM program, and you can also email us support or member art. And uh, we also encourage you to check out our community forum where you can also post questions to the group in English or any other language. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hi, it seems like, oh, sorry. Thank you. Ibuka, hey, you're back. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much, Banda. Thank you. It was a um, wonderful session. And um, thank you for taking us all through what Crossref is doing to help um, promote the visibility of African research. So at this moment, if we have um, questions from the audience, you can just ask. Or type it in the chat if you don't feel comfortable talking. Maybe I, I can call on uh uh yeah I can call on this sponsor joining the call today. Okay. Uh yeah, I think they lost in the chat here. Let's see. Yeah, do we have any questions? Yeah, you can feel free to unmute. So I think uh, the AJPS, uh, yeah, it's a sponsor organization. Oh. And, yeah. 
Okay. Um, in the absence of any, I think um, I have one I want to ask. So um, we've looked at the challenges, right? Um, so let me ask also, so are there opportunities that have risen in the implementation of Crossroads initiatives to promote the discoverability of African research items? Just like we have um, challenges, are there opportunities? Oh yeah, um, please, please ask again. Okay, um, what I'm asking is, just like we have um, challenges to the implementation of Crossref's initiatives to the, you know, promotion of African research items, are there opportunities for African researchers as well? Yeah. Um, yeah okay. For African researchers, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think. Uh, Yes, definitely. Um, I'm thinking right now we, with the different countries uh, in Africa support um, adopting open policies. I think uh, more more opportunities of the already archived work in the African repositories um, adopting or or or. Um, Integrating with open infrastructure will now be uh, maybe more visible, I'd say, beyond just the uh, uh, Google Scholar indexing, for example, uh, beyond just the EISSM um, kind of like this uh, level of discoverability of their work. And I'm also thinking that with the with the with the Orchid, for example, like um, uh, researchers in Africa adopting or, or registering and getting ORCID IDs for their work and um, submitting that as part of the image letter to when they publish uh, their content uh, to publishers and, and, and the content um, gets registered to get DOIs or, or other persistent identifiers and then that content being able to um, track back to them as researchers and um, or being able to attribute it to the, to the the, the individual researchers and uh, giving them more credibility and uh, discoverability for their work as experts in those subjects. Yes, I'm thinking that's a, a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Mr. Um, answer. Um, so at this point, I don't know if um, any of the Crossref ambassadors would like Connectivity issues. Sorry about that. I'm sure Ibuka will be back with us in just a second. Um, thank you so much, Obanda. It's, it's it was really enlightening. Um, again, if anyone in this room uh, wants to ask anything, this is the chance. We will share the summary of the conversation, the the links, the resources um, on our page. Um, Obana, would you mind sharing an email address maybe in the chat so people can reach out to you if they're shy to ask here but want to get in touch later? Wait. And I also put our email address so you can we can redirect uh, or direct any questions that come up that you send us to Obanda and the Crossref team. Welcome back, Ibuka. Yeah, thank you. Don't worry, we know about the challenge of connectivity. <laughs> you're asking about if maybe you're asking if uh, if there's an ambassador who wants to do something. Make yeah, who wants to make any contribution? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, if, the, if there is none, we can just um maybe move on. I think we've got into the top of the hour. Maybe if I if I might just share, Mercury had to leave to another meeting she mentioned, but if you could share with us how people can engage with the ambassadors in the respective countries. Great, absolutely. Yeah. So um we have our ambassadors in the state. I'm just gonna find the link. Um yeah. So we have uh, we have ambassadors, we have like eight ambassadors in 
we have eight ambassadors in in Africa, and uh, you can always get in touch with us. Uh, if you if you use uh, if you use support at uh, at crossup.org, then um, uh, you'll be directed to uh, and and you'll be directed to uh, um an, the respective ambassador in your region that can assist you with any. Uh, questions that you have. But you're also welcome to apply to uh, the ambassador's program. Uh, yeah. I see that Boson was able to join us. Um, he's working with Datasite. Boson, if you don't mind, maybe you can share a few words how Datasite and Crossref are actually working together um, to increase the adoption of DOIs now in Africa in particular but also with joint initiatives for the for the promotion of persistent identifiers and other activities. And for everyone, Busan will be on this on this webinar um, still this year. Um, we we'll share the date on the chat. Busan, please. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I'm Koth on our Hi to everyone. And I'm sorry for joining late. Um, we are doing a lot, not only Crossref, Crossref, Raw, Orchid, data site. We are doing a lot of work jointly to promote connectedness of research outputs. And in the Africa region that we are concentrating on, I mean, Johansson has mentioned about the ambassador program that's going on. Um, I have another colleague that work with Orchids. They have done some things at the beginning of the year to provide some funding to support organizations to promote the adoption of persistent identifiers to support research connectedness. Um, you also mentioned about the Abbasodiria program, which they are trying to use to engage communities to talk to the bottom of the pyramids and the people in the in, in different segments in our continent. Data sites, we introduced the global access program and uh, I'm working with a lot of stakeholders within the country, the, um, the continent, the policy makers, the integrators, the, the researchers. We, we also provide fund this year, which is called the Global Access Fund. Many of those that uh, that will be successful will be announced in December. Of course, a lot of African communities are part of those that I am hoping will be beneficiary to this funding. So we are doing a lot of work together. We work on the metadata to make research work connect. The FAIR score, we are working with Crossref, Orchid, and many universities in the northern hemisphere to promote the visibility of research outputs. Invariably, what we are working together is we want to take our continent, our region to limelight because we realize that many of our research outputs, they are lying down in our universities, in our colleges, and um, many people don't know what we are doing. So we are working together to bring them out with, in collaboration with the stakeholders, the policymakers, the researchers, and organizations just like, I mean, Africa Archive is doing with Net so that we can create visibility. Yeah, I think that summarizes some of what we are doing together. Thank you. And Abanda, maybe to add to that. Also, I just shared in the chat that Crossref has its own webinar series, which is also highly informative and taps into many of the topics you raised also here with us today. Great, thank you. Something to add? Great, thank you. Yeah, so we had a uh... We we came to the to the uh, to the, the we had the last uh, webinar series I think on first of November, uh, but then we're gonna have um, we are likely to have another uh, 
Python Together have been a series which uh, we uh, do together with uh, Orchid, Orchid um, Data Science and Crossref um, to share with the community uh, how the different uh, open infrastructure um, services work and uh, how um, maybe different community members can integrate uh, the different infrastructure uh, for the that best fit uh, that best fit uh, what, what they're doing yeah. and uh, yeah and so you encourage to maybe maybe join the communities the different communities and be I think orchid community or, or um, data site community um, cross off community and uh, there'll be updates uh, when there is the next better together webinar or, or, or webinar series yeah and uh, I think that has uh, there's been a uh, uh, a lot of engagement from the audience uh, in the in the previous uh, Better Together um, webinar series. Also, some sharing case studies where we've been using the three uh, open infrastructure uh, services, for example, how like the um, into into well, like are they integrated with data side and crossware. Uh, and also how uh, maybe their 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 researchers as well make it easier for them by adding their orchid ID um, information. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, Joe. Also welcome, Ibuka. Final remarks. Just checking the time. I think people have what yes. want to take in their lunch and other things. That's that's really important. All right. Thank you all. Um, thank you. Amanda, for this, um, for giving us strong diagnosis of culture and um, what they are doing is helping such work in Africa. So thank you all for joining us in this webinar session. The recording of this session will be made available on our website at um, africacard.org. And then you can get the full details and, and register for the ongoing webinar series at africacard.org forward slash webinar. Thank you all. And um, if there are no other words from any other person. I think um, this is the point where we say goodbyes and see you in our next session. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much, Ebuka. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, everyone, Thank for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.